0: Welcome to Design Your Life in Business, the podcast for leaders by Bright Mind Consulting Group. We give you the necessary tools to help you become the architect of not just your business, but your life too. I'm your host, Javon Wooden. Hey, what's going on, Mendo? How are you? How are you? Doing well. I'm doing fantastic. You could talk about marketing all day, every day, and still not cover enough but we know it's one of the most important things when it comes to growing and scaling a business. So first and foremost, who is Mendel Cohen? So I'm the founder and CEO of Craft Digital. We're a full service performance
1: marketing firm that helps lots of different brands in various different industries. I got my start working in a couple of different marketing companies, working on hand with many, many digital projects for small startups, for Fortune 500 companies and then branched off to create this firm with really the goal of helping companies have great marketing affordably and in a more of a partner-focused approach. I found that a lot of companies were itemizing and selling their services as products. And the goal of our firm is to act as a partner to the clients that we work with
0: and as more consultancy than an actual service provider. Gotcha, so it's more like, You help them craft a strategy, then they go ahead and exercise the tactical component? Exactly. Everything we do is
1: custom-tailored to the business. We do a lot of research before we work with a company and a client on their industry, on their competition, and we
0: really craft something tailored to them. Absolutely. What are some of the difficulties you're seeing these organizations face in today's landscape, the way the economy is going? Well, there's a lot of difficulties. CPMs are much higher today than they were five
1: years ago. Explain for the people what CPM is. It's cost per impression, really the advertising costs. That's really what it is. It's much higher. It's a lot more expensive. It's the attention spans are lower now. Creative needs to be much higher quality than it used to be. So the whole approach to marketing has changed a lot recently. There's also that trust building factor I always talked about that companies right now, users are not purchasing and doing business with companies and brands they don't trust and building that trust is becoming more and more important for companies each day. I would say it's more or less how the landscape has changed and it continues to change. And you know, we have a lot of new developments right now with AI and new technologies that are gonna change drastically for years to come.
0: So I guess we'll see how it plays out. It's a, it's a constant changing landscape, but it's always been that way. Absolutely. What are some of the marketing strategies you're seeing that are tried and true still in this landscape?
1: A lot of performance channels, like pay-per-click SEO, those have always been great. Those continue to do great. And there's new implementations coming with specifically pay-per-click and Performance Max. And that's a new thing that pretty much, it gives a lot of power to machine learning and AI to run a lot of the technical side of pay-per-click campaigns. We're seeing a lot of success with influencer marketing right now, especially micro-influencers. That's also has a lot to do with building trust for your brand. I think some of the channels that are good and and in terms of what's not performing well right now, I would say a lot of companies are winding down their brand marketing efforts, especially in this economic landscape. So that's one change that I've seen.
0: Got you. When you say winding down their brand marketing efforts, what does that entail? So you have two parts of marketing. You have the brand
1: marketing, which is really kind of marketing your logo. That's really what it is. It's just getting your logo out there in front of your target audience and building those touch points. And the uh, the performance marketing, which is kind of growing your company, at least with the companies that we work with, small to medium-sized businesses right now, especially with how the economy looks,
0: just marketing your logo for touch points with potential
1: customers in the future is really not a priority.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I'm saying that as well. I completely understand. What about outbound marketing versus inbound marketing? Are you seeing a disparity there? Definitely a lot of outbound marketing
1: is being done at the moment, especially as budgets are coming down. Outbound marketing is a bit more of a cost effective approach. It's always been good. Now, how will that look in the future? I have a little bit of skepticism over that with outbound marketing. I think that too many people are being spammed with just marketed emails that all look the same really. And the same thing with LinkedIn messaging, I get like probably a thousand messages a day. And I think that it's losing authenticity. I don't know where it will go, really. Maybe it gets to a point where it just becomes like people become nose blind to it. But we'll see. I guess time will tell.
0: Yeah, I think we're starting to see that a bit. You know, as soon as you see a wall of text come in on your inbox or your DM, you're like, yeah, I'm not reading this, right? You just automatically archive them. <laughs> I was looking the other day. There's like so many messages on LinkedIn and emails and stuff, and some of them are valuable
1: and you just miss them. You know, this is recent. I feel like even just two years ago, you would get a message on LinkedIn and there would be a lot of value behind it. And that was just everyone trying to sell things.
0: Absolutely. I think that personalized component is missing too. It's like they take a stock message and they send it to everyone, maybe change the name, maybe not. Maybe they just say, Hey, you, or something like that. I think that if I'm doing outbound marketing, I like to really personalize it and not come from a place of selling, really coming from a place of value. Hey, how can I help? I saw that you did this. I saw that you were contributing to this article, you know, just finding something that really aligns and shows that I've done my homework I'm not just spamming them. It shows that you wrote the message and it didn't come from a random automated software. Like sometimes
1: I even see it, like names being spelt wrong. And I hate that, man. <laughs> obviously that came from a random software that was just generated. That person didn't even type up the message. So I think that's a problem. I think that there's a lot of great companies doing outbound marketing that are really providing value. And there's companies trying to make a quick buck and how... That's, we're going to be able to differentiate those. I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, I agree. How's your company leveraging AI today? So,
1: many, many ways. First of all, you know, we have ChatGPT, which is like the craziest research tool ever invented. I think it's one of the craziest inventions of all time. But there's a lot of ways that we use AI, especially as a marketing company that's data driven. You have to use AI because AI can analyze data faster than a million humans at once. you know. Absolutely. So predictive analytics, forecasting, analyzing metrics, all those ways are great ways to use artificial intelligence, at least in the marketing side of things. Now, there's still a lot of things that humans need to be in control of, especially the creative side of campaigns. I think that AI is not there yet. I've seen some companies and some marketers try to use AI for the creative side. And so I just think that emotional touch is not there right now. It might get there. I don't know. But I would say that the best way to use AI is from a numbers point of view, analyzing data. And, you know, all the tedious tasks I think that AI is great for when it comes to creating a messaging strategy. I still think that the humans are, have the edge on that for now.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think AI is great for like ideation. You know, if you want to start working on an idea to get some type of direction. You know, it's great for that, the outlining and things like that. But when it comes to adding some wittiness or humor and just that that emotional touch or using specific pain point words or solutions, words that really resonate with your audience it's going to take the human to do that, right? It's also purely strategy.
1: You can ask an AI to give you a strategy. It will formulate something basic, but companies need that extra creativity in their marketing strategies. It's also like on a case-by-case basis, a locksmith company, for example, like doing pay-per-click advertising. Maybe they're gonna bid on, they're gonna bid higher for keywords at three in the morning. Maybe that's not something AI knows exactly because those are times when people are in emergency situations, you know? So there's small things like that that a human might need to intervene for, but it could be that very soon AI takes over a lot more than it currently does. Yeah, still young. <laughs> it's still very young, right? This is the very early stages. This is like the first hint of it that we're getting. And it's only going to get much better than this. So it's hard to make predictions. I always say that I always like to stay off the big predictions because we're all probably going to be way off. And you have a lot of AI experts now on LinkedIn um, making predictions. But I feel like everyone became an expert somehow. <laughs> it usually goes that way. It was like everyone was becoming a crypto expert also at one point. And now they just talk about AI. But I guess time will tell, really.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. And I think that for the designers listening, they're wondering, you mentioned pay-per-click. And we're seeing ads, you know, the cost per acquisition or even cost per lead has gone up, probably double for most of us. So what are your outtakes on that? The digital marketing landscape has gotten more competitive. And that's what's
1: driving the ad costs up. It's also... Maybe it has to do with the channels. I feel like a lot of companies are running on negative return on ad spend. In my opinion, I don't have any data to prove that. But I feel like some companies are spending more than they're actually getting and they're just doing it. And eventually they realize I always see this all the time. I even like some clientele that we have come in where, you know, when we audit their past campaigns, like this is not generating any profit, but you get that sense because you're getting some customers. You're getting some leads come in and you're like, oh, okay, you feel like it's working, but you're not really keeping track of how much money is going out. So I think that's part of the reason why I think there's a lot more people that have no idea what they're doing
0: that is driving this cost up. That's like my conspiracy theory. Now, it's not a conspiracy, man, because I see clients that come to me and they're like, man, we tried Facebook ads, we tried all these things and it's not working. And then I'm like, okay, what's your numbers? How much are you spending? How much are you getting in return? What's the lifetime value of the client that you get through there? Like, we're not tracking any of that. You know, we don't have a spread. I'm like, you could literally use an Excel spreadsheet or something to track it. You know, Facebook has insights that you can look at. 100%.
1: These numbers need to be tracked like lifetime value of a customer. You'd be surprised how many people don't even know what it is when you ask them. And that's an important number. So I think that's a big reason. And it's a lot of people that just are throwing money out there and driving the
0: bids up at a negative Mm -hmm. loss. Absolutely, man. We talked about lifetime value of the client, but what's some recommendations you give to some of your clients on how they can increase the lifetime value of their clientele? So I would say that a lot of it is segmenting your
1: audiences properly and having a well-functioning CRM. A lot of the time that goes a long way. So I would say, for example, let's say you have, I don't know, Jaylon, give me a company. Give me a random company. A random company? Let's give mine. Live not load. (laughs) All right. Okay. So I would say that a lot of the times you have clientele that are coming to you maybe for different reasons, different businesses, different industries. It's important to have all your data segmented properly. And the way you can use that is by future email and SMS marketing and just reaching out to them, that is how you bring customers back. So I think those are the best channels. Retargeting is a great channel as well. But for example, let's say you have a salon. Okay, You're running a salon, local salons. You have your customers that are coming in for hair extensions. You have your customers that are coming in for a simple haircut. And it's important to know which ones are coming in for what, how many times a year, just All those little points and those little insights that you can track, extremely, extremely important, extremely valuable for when you remarket to them. And there's a lot of businesses that don't focus on marketing to current customers and they just want to get new customers, which is fine. But marketing to your current database is a big thing that's often missed. And it's, you know, a huge revenue pool because these are people that already bought from you and that trust you. So you don't have to go through the process of building trust with them and, you know, having them come in and all the people have to see an ad like seven times before they're going to go ahead and make a purchase decision. And this kind of this customer base has already done that, has already been through all that. So it's important to tap into. I would say to have all that segmented, know where everyone came from, know why everyone came and build that into your remarketing efforts that's
0: a great way to increase lifetime value. 100% agree, man. That segmentation, you mentioned, you said a word on that one because a lot of people just generalize everything and just throw in the same emails and then you're wondering why, you know, you're getting marked as spam and no one's opening and your open rates and click rates are, are super low. So that's a great thing. Designers, if you're listening, I advise you, if you have a CRM, if you don't, you need to definitely implement one. But if you do have one, to start looking at your client base and start using that segmentation so you can start sending the right emails to the right people instead of just blasting and spraying and praying.
1: Yeah, it's also personalization. Like When something just personalized, it has a bigger impact with the consumer. Like If you're running a travel agency and you have clients that come to you every year in the summer for a specific cruise, and some clients come to you every year for, I don't know, a trip to the mall with the thieves, let's say. So when you have that segmentation, you're able to properly market, let's say every year they go in June to a specific cruise to the Bahamas. I mean, you're able to have a list of that clientele, market to them exactly what they want, let's say a month before and for clientele that likes going to Europe, you have that and you can market that offer to them. And instead of just having a big blast like it that goes out to everyone, like those big blasts, they're just not authentic and consumers can see right through that. It's just a regular promotional email. And it has nothing to do with what I like. It has nothing to do with what I want. Some people might have zero interest in going to Europe. You know, having that, just, okay, they're just trying to sell me something new. I have no interest in this. So that's really why it's so important.
0: How do you find out what your list wants?
1: By what they came to you for. So just seeing those trends. If somebody comes to you for, well, I would say it doesn't apply to everyone because some companies can cross-sell. So for example... Let's say you're running a transportation company and you have a specific client tell that call you to go to F1 every year. You know exactly what they want because they came to you for it. So in some cases, you can market other. That audience might also like to go to other corporate or other big events. But a lot of the times you get a lot of, you know what the customer wants based on, based on their previous purchase history.
0: Gotcha. Absolutely. And that goes back to tracking it, right? To making sure that they purchase something that automatically segments into a specific bucket and just having that automation in place where, you know, you don't have to really think too much. You already know where they came from, how they got to you, et cetera. And then, you know, using notes is super key uh, when it comes to using the CRM, man. I think that, you know, especially as a service business, you know, those notes, if you do service calls, you should be Jot down exactly who that person was, why they came, what their pain points were, whatever. So you can go ahead and if you reach back out. Context matters, man. Absolutely. So when it comes to your company, what are some struggles you face? Because we've all had it. I just want the designers to know that we're not just up here. We didn't magically get to this point. So what are some of the struggles you faced along the way in your entrepreneurial journey? There's struggles all the time. It's part of the business, part of running a company,
1: running a firm. I would say the common struggles that apply to really everyone, especially in bad economic times. And we went through COVID just a couple of years back. It feels like forever ago. But you know that brought a lot of challenges to many businesses, hiring challenges. And there's a lot of change right now going on with the, the remote work and all these trends that are happening in the business environment. Adapting is always a struggle, but it's part of business. It's part of Economics, <laughs> so there's really no way around it. I would say, in terms of struggles, that you know, starting a company, all that, the whole thing is finds a struggle. Okay. You got to go out, you got to clientele, and you got to build a brand, and you got to build trust, and it's not a smooth, easy road in any business. And if anybody tells you that, they're lying to you. But I'm sure, Absolutely. you know, the whole thing, starting a company, it's never easy. It's not a smooth road, but
0: You got to just work through it. It's part of the game. Yeah, I just wanted the designers to hear from a marketing expert that, you know, even as a marketing expert, you still have to test things out and see what works. Some things that you tried before, they're not tried and true, right? They may not work on that next time. You know, we have products and services that flop too, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's also not just about marketing. That's a huge part
1: of company and a brand and a successful brand. But there's also all the operations that go behind it. There's the hiring operations, which have gone very hard recently. There's so many things, so many moving parts that need to be taken care of.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I mean, the biz dev encompasses a ton. You're right. The peaks in the troughs of business is just a natural. It's just a natural thing. So I just want everyone listening to know that if you are going through tough times, you will get through. But perseverance and resilience are two of the pieces of the entrepreneurial mindset that sets us apart. Yep. It's needed. Absolutely, man. So we're going to shift a bit and we're going to go to the buy design segment where I ask every guest the same three questions. You ready, Mandel? All right, let's do it. All right. So first question is, what has been the hardest part about designing a life and business you don't need a vacation from? Ooh, you don't need a vacation from. Everyone needs a vacation. (laughs) Well, this is a mindset thing, right? This is a mental thing. What makes you enjoy life and business and what you're doing? You're really enjoying what you do. That's what it comes down to. Marketing is a fun game.
1: You get to interact and feel like you're inside so many businesses and always learning new things and meeting new people. That's what I love marketing for. You're also a big part of growing businesses, which is great in itself. So I would say that you know it's important to really love what you do. Now, it doesn't have to be your number one passion. I disagree with that. know follow your passion i i think following your passion is good but like i'm five nine i can't be a professional basketball player i'd love to play for the heat but i can't you know sometimes you just gotta find things that you're good at and that you enjoy and those two combinations really how you can enjoy your everyday your day-to-day
0: but what's the hardest part for you about enjoying that every day-to-day Like, what has been the challenge of designing that life in business where you're at the point where you're enjoying it and you feel like you love what you do? Well, I think that I look at business in
1: general as sports. So I don't think you'll ever get to a point where you're extremely comfortable and it's all uh, sunshine and rainbows. There's always going to be challenges, there's always going to be struggles. And it's part of scaling, it's part of building a company. So, in terms of getting to a comfortable point, I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't try to get there. I just think it's good to be comfortable being uncomfortable and you'll be at peace with that. If you can get there. You'll be, that, that, that brings you to peace. Yeah.
0: It's like where we see like on the, they talk about the growth phases of companies. We're technically always in a growth phase, I feel like. Right? <laughs> so you're always learning something new and you're always in the place of.
1: If you're trying to you know, grow, so I know companies that have, you know, a specific amount of clientele or customers and they just stay the same and they're enjoying their life. That's completely different. I've never experienced that. I don't want to. So. Me
0: either. I don't know why I'm in business if I'm just happy with where I am, right? So <laughs> thank you for that answer. So second question is, what is the best lesson you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey? Best lesson? Wow. It's a big question. There's so many lessons. you try to think of a good lesson. One thing
1: I'd recommend to people starting out in the marketing agency space is one thing I I think I could have done differently is in the beginning, you have to take on projects for free. You have to work for free. And that's hard to do when, you know, somebody's starting a business, you know, you got to keep the lights on. You have people, you know, salaries to pay all that. But it's important to build up that portfolio and also gain experience. So I think that what I would say to entrepreneurs and people even starting out, I would say, work and your compensation, look at it as experience and knowledge
0: because that's worth much more than money. And those testimonials, make sure you get those testimonials too while you're doing that, getting those referrals, those testimonials, all that. And that will have a ROI in itself. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that, man. I haven't heard that one yet. So thank you. So what are three tools or tips that you would recommend when scaling a business? Three tips.
1: I would say, number one, get a CRM. You know, it's really not that difficult. You got to get a CRM. You got to make sure that you have your customers and the clients mapped out and you can have a big, your overall data, and analytics, all that. So I would say, number one, don't overspend on marketing early on. And this is actually a recommendation that we give to startups that we work with. Take things slow, test things out, test out the market before you just dive into the deep end. And thirdly, you have to build a very good team. And even though that sounds like it's basic, that's really your entire company. Your company is your talent. Like running a marketing firm, you're pretty much in HR. That's really your job because marketing is talent and you have to find creativity and it's similar to a sports team. If you're a GM of a team, whatever it is, you got to get the best players to win and i feel like that same business you got to find the people that really grow your business because trying to grow a big company you can't do it yourself
0: that's impossible right that's true yeah. that was good man that was good yeah i appreciate that so what's next for you what's next for you in craft digital i guess just you know
1: continuing to grow continuing with the skill and there's also a few other projects i'm involved in on the tech side there's another company called com, which is actually the first good event directory online, I'm not trying to take shots at anybody, you know, but this is something that I feel like the world's been needing a good event directory for corporate B2B events. You know, that's a fun little project that I'm working on and just continuing to expand and help businesses. Cause that's at the end of
0: the day, you know, what drives us. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate all of the knowledge you dropped for us, Mendel. How can people connect with you? Sure.
1: You can go to and That's the website. If anybody has any questions, by the way. And even for me personally, you can email contact at crafteddigital.com. Happy to answer. Happy to provide you know, any information. No cost just to help out. At the end of the day, you know, we do this partly because we love helping businesses and small businesses and startups grow. And that's really what gets us up in
0: the morning. So happy to assist in any way, yeah. Appreciate that. Designers, make sure you reach out to Mandela and his team at Crafted Digital. Appreciate you, Mandela. I'll see you soon, man. I appreciate all that you dropped. And remember, everyone, keep ascending. Thank you so much. Of course, anytime. Thank you. Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders, is brought to you by Bright Mind Consulting Group. To find out more about Bright Mind Consulting Group and how you can become the best leader possible, visit brightmindconsultinggroup.com. Make sure you search for Design Your Life and Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Bright Mind Consulting Group, we cannot thank you enough for listening.